Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the ToddCast Show. Today, we're joined by our guest, Amrit Singh. How are you today, Amrit? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Todd. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. And where are you calling from today? I'm in Mexico. Yes, I live in Valle de Bravo. It's outside of Mexico City. Beautiful little mountain town is where all the people run away from Mexico City who want a little bit of nature and beauty. Mm. And so it's an amazing place to live at. Ah, wow. That sounds so wonderful. I've always been afraid of the criminal element in Mexico, but I love the culture and some of the landscape is great, but parts of it are downright scary, man. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, you know, you're safer here from the criminals in Mexico than you're in the U.S. probably. And the only ah. couple of times I got ripped off, it was by the police. So no worries. That, that's even scarier. <laughs> uh, but, but that's another story. Yeah, we don't need to go down that road. That could take us down a rabbit hole, my man. Like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what's yeah, always what you, just for for uh, you know yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to think that I can trust authority figures, but as I age, I'm starting to realize, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I used to be so naive, thinking they would all do the right thing, but oh, well, some people don't, you know. <laughs> and speaking of which, what do you do for a living, Amrit? I work as a life coach. And this has really been my passion for so many years. And just two years ago, kind of with the COVID lockdown and with this whole reinvention online, I was like, I need to go full force into this and I need to 
you know, stop doing all the other things I was doing and which were kind of distracting me and not, were not fun at all. And so I went full time into coaching and I love it. It's really, really, you know, my passion and my purpose. And it just feels amazing to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a sense of, uh, sense of purpose and also of course accomplishment and that we'll uh, definitely look down that road and explore it. Um, but I want to start out a little bit earlier in your life and we want to discover how you got to the place where you're at. And I thought we might start with your very earliest childhood. Did you grow up uh, with siblings? No, I was a single child um, oh, yeah? born in Germany originally. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, it was, it was really close connection with my mom for the first couple of years. And then my grandma came into the mix. So I learned a lot from her too. And yeah, it was really, uh, really protected and sweet childhood. Lovely. That's beautiful. And are both of your parents still alive? Um, my mom is still alive. My, who I call my dad, you know, who was my mom's boyfriend for 45 years, ended up, you know, being like my dad. And he passed a couple of years ago. Mm, I'm so sorry for your loss, bro. That's a bummer, dude. But that's what we get for being the kids, right? Like, I mean, uh, time to time to be an adult, and we have to deal with death and all the transformation. But I'm sure that you're going to have a different relationship with that, and I'm looking forward to exploring that because you're a man that lives in the spirit, right? That's right. Yeah, at least I I like to think so. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're not perfect, my brother, but this is going to be a great conversation. I want to speak to it from a couple of different angles, but let's find out how you got here. Um, so in your earliest memory of childhood, what comes to mind? Like uh, if you were to reach back, way back, not a common memory, but an uncommon memory, how far back can you go and what do you remember? Um, I remember a lot of, <laughs> a lot of safety, a lot of security. We always had a lot of animals and I always loved connecting with every animal I went to. And, you know, like there's something which is still like relevant for me today because I will meet people on the street here who greet me really nicely. And I'm like, who is that person? But then I see the dog and I'm like, oh, I know the dog. I must know the person. So I go and say, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny. Yes, animals and children are great indicators. Of yeah, truth. that's that's the other option. Exactly. When I know the kids, then I also know who it is. That's cool. Now, do you mean like from uh, spiritual ties or some other type of recognition of spirit? Or you no, mean just like, like if I've met the kid before, I will remember that. Oh, I see. I just don't remember yeah. the adults, you know. Like that's. Like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna guess here, but like you seem like you could be the type of person that that you know. The pet, the dog, the cat that doesn't normally go to people will come right to you. Yeah, that's how it goes usually. That's yeah, that's and what I was kind of thinking. If they come to me, I will go seek them out. <laughs> of course, of course. But the idea is that they recognize the light in you. Oh, thanks. You know, that's what I was thinking. Um, and, like, I noticed it in my life, too. That was one of uh, the indicators as I was growing spiritually is that, wow, children and animals respond to me in a very different way and a very positive way and they feel very safe and it took me a long time to figure out that there was any correlation there but it seems to be and it's nice you know it's like a little well they pure... pick up on the, they pick up on your energy they don't pick up yes. on, pick up on like how nice 
the suit is you're wearing and how expensive your shoes <laughs> were and what kind of watch you got on, you know, they couldn't care less. Exactly. Yeah, they could care less. <laughs> and they don't care how many credit cards you have either. You know, as long no, as you can they, buy they the don't food. care about that either. Exactly. If you can buy the food and provide the shelter, everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair. And how far back does that go, your memory uh, of those things? Like, what age were you, you think? It's hard to say, you know, like because at that age when you have those memories, it all kind of like goes together and it just feels like, you know, like really, really early childhood stuff. Yeah, I'm first few sure. years. Yeah, first few years, not sure what the right number was. That, even oh, no that part, you know, it's not so important when you're a child. You're like, you mm -hmm. don't really care if you're three or five or seven. I mean, that all mm -hmm. comes later when you and you try to absolutely end your absolutely. childhood as quickly as possible so you can enter mm -hmm. adulthood and find out how much prettier that is <laughs> man i'll tell you what i wish they put more warning labels on adulthood as a yeah. child and made yeah. it, and made it clear that like look man like they explained it like this like you know you might things are going to change and you're going to see things get a lot harder and you're going to have to pay and this and that but it's like man if i had any idea i would have really cherish i mean i had a great time in, a ch in my childhood but like i would have probably cherished certain moments longer and other things if i knew what was coming as an adult <laughs> yeah no very much you know yeah the freedom of uh, a childlike spirit is wonderful but you can have that as an adult as well so that's good um and as you were growing up um what was it like and was it in germany where where did you spend yeah i grew up in germany i grew up in berlin and I, I mean, as a teenager, I very quickly went into, you know, drinking and smoking and smoking weed and and partied hard for a long time because I realized I was trying to find something in there, right? I was wait, wait, wait. I think you're going way too fast. Um, you're oh, talking about your, in between. Yeah, we, we need to find out how it started. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to basically understand your path in life yeah. so that we can understand we can um, kind of elaborate on the success that you've achieved and how you got there. Um, it's a little bit different, but I try to do chronological just so people don't get confused and we're getting there. Don't worry. We're getting there, brother. But like, I want to try to understand a little more about the things that happened that shaped who you are. And yeah. I want you to maybe try to close your eyes and oh, sorry, hey, doggy. it's okay. Wow. That's the first time we've had a dog on the show. What's your dog's name? Maybe I should introduce it. <laughs> Well, the neighbor dog outside is barking, and so she uh, wants to get involved. So I gotcha. That's okay. It's hey, it's okay with me if it's okay with you. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, you know, can you can you share some things along your journey as a child that might be helpful in understanding how you... Yeah, I was just thinking part. about that. And there, there was yeah. a, a situation, I think I must have been 10 or 11, mm -hmm. You know, and I was this very sensitive child. I was very open and I was very, you know, not looking back at it, very spiritually connected and very in tune. And I was always like thinking about magic and those kinds of things. You know, that's what caught my attention. And so I had this super high level of sensitivity where I could, you know, like read other people's emotions and sense stuff. And like, I mean, again, you know, you're 10, you think everybody yeah. is like that because, 
Thema. Right? My parents were also not in a position where they could have explained that to me in any way where that would have made sense. And so for me, I was just thinking like, oh, this is how everybody is, right? Were you an empath, would you say? Yeah, I was extremely empathic. And that was hard sometimes. And really? so this, this, I still remember this one situation where I was traveling. My dad would do these world travels. And I think when I was 10 or 11, one of those two, I, he took me the first time on one of his trips. And that was to Alaska. So going from Germany to Alaska in the 80s, you know, was a big deal. And so we were driving and we were like in a car with tenting gear and all food and all supplies and our little burner to make food. And, you know, he, he kind of took it to the next level. <laughs> and, you know, my dad had a, had a rough upbringing. You know, he, he was born right at the beginning of the Second World War, you know, like oh. there was a lot of heavy energy in his childhood. There was, you know, he never got the love he wanted. Actually, looking back now, he was like a super sensitive guy, right? And he, but he was this big, like almost, you know, six foot four guy, you know, like huge and working out and big muscly guy. And so he kind of, you know, was able to hide behind that big persona he was. And there was something, some situation, I don't know what it was, where I started crying and I was upset about something, something didn't go the way I wanted it. And he just, you know, like he thought he would like give me a little pep talk and told me basically like, come on, just don't be such a pussy and cry about this. <laughs> and I That's was like, man up. He man, said, man up. Boy, you're, you're in Alaska. Right. And, right on, man. You know, and my mom was kind of like the protector in so many ways. You know, she was always there to have my back. So at home, we would not have these situations because she would have kicked his ass, you know, even though she was much smaller than him. But she was the one who, you know, was in charge of stuff. And so I was very, very safe in that home environment. But in this journey, traveling with him for four weeks in Alaska, um, that really like, you know, that really scared me, you know, that, that sensitivity of my, in myself and that vulnerability and just this empathy. And so I was just like, okay, fuck it. You know, I'm, oh, are we okay to curse on your podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I had someone once who was like, no, it's no problem. Have to edit yeah. that out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we keep it real around here, my brother. Yeah. So, so that was the point. And I was just, you know what? I'm just going to toughen up. I'm just going to be that tough guy. Did you do it? Like when I, he I told did. you, did you take it to heart immediately? Oh, yeah, immediately. And wow. I, I completely shut down. I disconnected from my emotions. I connected, disconnected from my heart. I stopped feeling empathy for other people. I stopped feeling kindness and all these things. Uh -oh. and, and I turned into this asshole. And I was going to say, it sounds like you're converging into a sociopath, man. You know what? Yeah, 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 it was very much. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I ended up, you know, being the bully in school and wow. the weaker kids and making fun of everybody who had like showed a really? little bit of sensitivity and softness. Yeah, it was quite something. Amazing. Amazing. All just from that statement. Oh, well, the statement, I mean, I always knew he was kind of feeling like that. 
But what the statement triggered was me saying, you know what, I can choose who I want to be. And if this mm -hmm. is who I have to be in this world, and that's kind of what he what he mirrored for me, right? Because I, mm -hmm. I intuitively knew how sensitive he was. Mm -hmm. And and he was this this super tough guy. You know, you had a bar and he was the big boss, you know, and everybody wanted to have a drink with him. And if anyone like would just mess around, all he had to do is look over there and they were like, oh, so sorry, so sorry, or nothing is happening, you know, like that kind of energy. And so I was like, I want that, you know, with that little scrawny kid. And I was like, I, I want to be that that tough guy. And so I still remember my, my role models at that time were James Bond and Rambo. So oh. I see the combination there, you know. Interesting. And so wow. yeah, a lot of shit happened after that, you know, like, like yeah. you know, like when I got a little older and with the first girlfriends and treating them shitty and doing the whole like yeah. oh, James Bond has a girlfriend in every city, no problem, you know, and that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and really like this deep, deep disconnect from who I truly was. Wow. That's amazing. And so all that was happening in your preteen years. Oh yeah. yeah. And then really blossomed in my teenage years because I was like, I, I took it to the next level, you know, with the whole hormones and everything, you know, like I had to play sports every week and I would like go out and get into fights and, get drunk all the time and all kinds of crazy shit happening. Wow. That's so nutty. Did you play sports? I did. Yeah. I, I, till I was 14, 15, I was really good at sports. So I, I was in really good shape and I, I was strong. And so that really helped with the whole bullying of other people who were not as good of shape. And, and so that kind of stuff, you know, like was Very cool. Funny. For those people, for me, it was just like, oh, yeah, look at those fuckers. Look, they're crying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, what I'm wondering is, um, as you were going through this as a teenager, certainly, you know, you probably had a sense of uh, engrandized ego, like a big ego, right? Like if you're the oh, bully yeah, and that, you know. So I'm just kind of curious. Did anybody ever put you in your place where you belonged? Uh, no, no, I, I was, that's, that was the other thing, you know, I, I used my intelligence and I used my ability to read people because I still had those gifts, right? They were just laying dormant, but I could read the room. I could read situations. I knew who I had to be friends with, so I didn't get my ass kicked. And it was like, you know, honestly, it was a miracle that I never got my ass kicked, but I didn't, you know, because I always... You know, had like 10 people behind me who would stand there and be like, okay, so what? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And did you date and um, get involved in girls and all that? Oh, yeah. With, um, in high school? Well, some time period, I, I got a different girlfriend every week. And that left wow. the whole cool. trail of broken hearts, you know, because when I figured out, oh, all you have to tell the girls is that you love them and then everything works, that, that was, yeah, that was... <laughs> Well, what's going on? I miss, I really miss those days, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th these days you have to, you have to find the right girl to even understand that message. But like most of them are like, ha ha ha, love. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, or at least it seems like that. I, I like the old school values that we used to have in our society. It seems like things have changed. Yeah. The priorities have shifted, it seems, but 
Yeah, love is very important. Um, and um, I didn't want to miss this, but like uh, with your father and his passing, how did that impact your life? Um, I've done a lot of healing work before he passed. And in his last years, he really softened up, you know, like he ended up in a wheelchair with his one of his feet amputated because he had diabetes from all the drinking. And he really, really softened up in the last couple of years. And he really came back to his true self, which he never got to live and which he never got to you know, like be a child. And so he, he got that chance in this last years, you know, he like the only thing he would watch on TV is cartoons because that was kind of what he enjoyed watching. And there was no one there to tell him he was a yeah. person for watching cartoons. So he enjoyed it. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and is this kind of like a German culture thing? Do you think like the, the man up type thing and all that? Or is it? Uh, yeah, big time. I mean, like he was born in 1936. So I mean, that's a whole different world. That's almost 100 years ago. So yeah, yeah and, and plus in Germany, it's all very much about like, you know, going to work, getting shit done, and yeah. going to school and studying and doing all those kinds of things and but then going to college and getting a good job and like all this stuff I didn't connect with at all. I see. Yeah, I was the same way when I was growing up. Um, didn't see the forest through the trees. I wished I did, but whatever. You know, everything happens for a reason. And um, I'm not sure when this occurred, but when would you say in your life that you clearly saw a sense of purpose in your existence. Oh, wow. No, not for much later. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Good. I'm right on time. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it started with the, with the teenage years and with the drinking and the partying. And like every time I would go to a party and get drunk, I end up getting in five different fights with different people about something stupid. Just, you know, out of this suppressed anger and this frustration and this just living the mask, you know, like being this fake person and, and not connecting to myself authentically. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And then I think the, the first big breakthrough for me was when I smoked weed the first time. Oh, and so that you was tell. I happen to really like that subject. Tell me all about it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, you should check out my TikTok channel. I got a lot of videos on there about smoking weed and spirituality. And apparently that's oh, what my it. TikTok audience is into because that's the videos wow. which have 600,000 views and 50,000 likes on them. You know, the ones where I talk about meditation and breath work, I get like 150 views, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. Um, and actually, I have a, a little share after your story about how we changed you, because I have one to share, too. And um, I'm not sure if yours is good or bad, but I'd like to share together. So please well, mine is tell interesting. us uh, what happened. Was, yeah, I want to hear all about it. So I started smoking weed. Tell me everything. And then I realized, you know, I connected with this different aspect in myself, which had lain dormant mm -hmm. for so many years. And so... Quite quickly, I kind of stopped drinking alcohol because I didn't really, you know, wasn't fun anymore and also didn't go so well with the weed and didn't go so well with the quantities I was smoking. You know, I very quickly got into like right. smoking from morning till night and we had that the big pipe 
where we just spent like six to eight hours straight just smoking, you know, a lot. Wow. And so, yeah, there was kind of like a, a period, I think it was like six, seven years where I think I was stoned every waking moment. Right on. And but what did it, what did it do yeah. to your judgment and your, your thoughts and clarity and how did that impact who you are, you know? Um, did it, did well, it bring out something better? At some point anymore because, you know, when you smoke that much, it kind of goes in the opposite direction from what the weed can do for you. Right. If the, mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you smoke, you got to you have an understanding on how it works. You know, it's really like that that little bit that almost like a microdose, which allows you to get high from it and your spirit expands and your creativity expands and you go like, oh, my God, you know, all the lights are on and it's so beautiful and I'm feeling my body and I'm connecting with all these aspects of myself. But then very quickly you start chasing that and you just smoke more and more and more and ultimately it's non-sustainable because it it puts you it puts you down and it it numbs those recept receptors and so you need to smoke more weed to even get close to it and so that that yeah. that became a problem and i mean i didn't know i was 15 16 17 you know like i didn't have any problems uh I probably wasn't such an asshole anymore. I think that was the first big change which came from it. Nice. Nice. And yeah. Yeah. And then I was just stoned for a long time. And this is kind of the opposite of being high, right? When you're just like lying on your sofa and eating chips and candy, watching TV and doing nothing else except, you know, I would go to school in the morning. And I would come home and then get stoned at two in the afternoon all the way till night and then go to school next day again. And then we would smoke in the breaks. And at some point I was just like, shit, you know, I don't remember anything these guys are talking about in school, which made it complicated. Huh. That's wild, man. And so overall, would you say it was a positive and it helped you to shift into, you know, the gears that you needed to get to that next place in your life? Overall, it was extremely positive. You know, just to connect with that energy of the plant and to really go deep and to to reconnect closer with my spiritual essence, because I think that's what it did for me. But the problem was that I got stuck in the loop and I don't think I needed seven years of being stoned and doing nothing because really nothing happened. You know, I would look back and be like, OK, last month, a month ago, I was sitting here. Nothing had changed. Looking back a year, a year ago, nothing had changed. I was just this stoner guy, you know, like we wouldn't even go out anymore because we couldn't bring the big pipe. And so it was like this thing where we just sit at home because <laughs> the joints didn't do anything, right? And back in the day, the what? Just, what? What? Yeah, like we were smoking joints because it was such a waste of weed because we were oh like, hey, gosh. we could have smoked this through the pipe and we would have actually felt something. So. That's so crazy. I think it's the opposite. Right? My uh, dad and I smoked when I was in earlier life before he died. And uh, he was really into that. He would always roll like small joints. And man, we'd get more stoned off of that than sometimes smoking a pipe like that. But I feel you. You know, some people are particular about that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah. No, I always thought it was the opposite. my life. Interesting. Interesting. 
Very cool. I, I think it's a good thing, and by no means are we promoting, you know, people to go out and try it for the first time. But for someone that might be struggling in a different way, at least for you and also for me, it seemed like uh, that was a really good answer, and you know, it made a difference. Can I do a quick share for you? Yeah, yeah. Please go ahead. Yeah, just a quick contribution and uh, kind of a you know witness to how it worked for me. I was 11 the first time I smoked, and it was uh, I was scared of it, you know. And I always thought everything drugs are bad because I grew up around a lot of cops. And uh, my mom taught me good values, and my brother was not into it. My my middle brother, my oldest one was, but I, he wasn't around anyway. Um, but the middle one, you know, it, it was against it. So that when somebody offered to to me the first time I said no and I was kind of scared but they're like dude no 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 you really got to try this and so finally the kid got me to try it and what I found out later is they wanted our my Ritalin pills I was taking Ritalin at the time because I was hyperactive and I was really out of control sometimes as a child to be frankly honest and uh you know it was pretty heavy so that one day it was like hey you got to try this and so I finally did and I'll never forget it was the first time ever, and I was picking up trash that day at the school because that's what you did when you got in trouble. Oh, yeah. And so I had to walk around on the perimeter of the school and pick up all the trash for like two hours. And it was a nightmare. Like, I hated it until that day. <laughs> and that day, it was like all of a sudden, hmm, I was kind of calm and I was walking slower and feeling more relaxed. Nothing was making me mad. And I started to think about the value of picking up the trash and how I was beautifying the neighborhood and like it made everything nice and like, oh, I made a mistake that caused me to have this punishment. And quite honestly, before that, I couldn't even put those thoughts together. I would already be on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, it really helped me to get that focus. And that's what I that's why I use the words focus and clarity. Yeah. Um, for, for me, it really provided a sense of focus and clarity and allowed me to. Yeah. For the first time, man, it was like, oh, my God, like my tires have been overinflated my whole life. And somebody just set the pressure the right way for the first time. And it feels good. Yeah. Like, so that's that's kind of how it happened for me. And amazing. Led into, I love that. It, it was a positive thing. And it just for fun, um, I did an episode the other day um, that'll air, I think, a week or two before yours. And uh, we were talking about acid. And um, my first experience, and I only did this in college, but my first experience with acid was actually in high school the first time. But it was amazing. It was like the uh, life-changing. Perfect. I totally understand why people talk about microdosing, using psychedelics and PTSD and all that stuff. I was just having a good time, 16-year-old kid. And, uh, man, I'll never forget that night. Like, something left my body. Like, I felt something really a solid mass I could feel leave my body and I was aware of it and I recognized it and somehow through the evening like things changed in my mind and like the next day I started having new thoughts impulses and desires that I used to have suddenly weren't there and it's like it was really crazy it was a very transformational experience and at least for me with my issues and stuff like that um, and I didn't you know ever get into other drugs and stuff I've tried most of them but um, I never really got into it. I don't think that drug addiction is a healthy thing, but it was a very valuable tool at a time that nothing else would work. <laughs> no, totally. And I agree so much with it. And I, I love that you brought up the LSD and the mushrooms mm -hmm. and 
and that stuff be cool. That too. I think there's yeah. so much power in those medicines. But the, the problem is that, you know, like especially for kids, right? Like because as a kid, we're so close and connected and our spirituality is so much more open. I think the the issue people have is there's not enough education around the subject. And then honestly, I think most people overdose and it's so easy to overdose like on a joint, right? You're just like, okay, whatever, I've just finished the joint. Like, but if you could just have that that small, tiny little puff, you know, where you almost don't feel anything of it. And then as you're walking around and you realize, oh my God, I'm expanding. My identity is expanding from this. I think there's so much power in that. Because again, you know, like when you're 40, 50 and you've been taking drugs your whole life, you know, you, you don't get that same experience you can get with 15. And I think it's this... The problem here is that it's so demonized, you know, it's put into the field of, oh my God, this is bad and you should never take any drugs. But then ultimately it's this connection with self at a deeper level if you get the dosage right. And so I think the biggest issue with weed from my experience really is that it's just, you know, it feels so good that you want to get dependent on it because you want to feel good and then you you're missing the whole point you're missing the whole lesson of the plant the the whole lesson is that you can feel a higher state of consciousness and you know that your body is able to go to that higher state of consciousness without the drug and there is you know there is techniques you can use breathing techniques yoga techniques you know like in all kinds of cultures they had different techniques and the drug was always just a way to kind of be like, oh, okay, that's how I can feel. And then you had to go do the work. And so many people want the shortcut and they just want to be like, hey, I don't want to work for an hour to have that same experience. I'm just going to smoke a joint. And that's like so much easier. And I think that's the big risk. The risk is not the drug. The risk is the way we're using it and then we end up getting dependent on it and then end up, I mean, for me at least it was like that when I was a kid or a teenager where I was like, why would I not want to be stoned, right? That's the only time where I feel like myself. It's the only time where yeah. I'm happy and expanded. And so I just kept taking drugs. And I think that's also where this whole gateway, you know, story comes mm-hmm. from because you know, at some point the weed doesn't do anything anymore to to get you to that state. And then you're looking for something which is heavier. And then you end up destroying your life because all you want to do is sit around and be stoned. Because why would you want to do anything else? You know, that was the logic behind it, at least, where I was like, Mm -hmm. like, why would I want to study for my math test? Why Uh would I want to go, like, you know, play sports? (laughs) You know, like Dude, I be stoned all day. It's so crazy because I was a heck of a stoner in high school and college, and I I loved it. Like I did my math high as hell. As a matter of fact, one uh, I found out a little lesson early on in life: if you ever study for a test and you're using a drug or you're drunk or something like that, use the same drug or drink before you take the test. If you're studying, if you're studying under the influence, take the test under the influence. And I learned that in high school. So like a friend of mine and I, we got drunk one night and I was studying for my math test. And ironically enough, in my senior, my junior year, 
And uh, he's like, dude, he goes, uh, you really need to have a couple of beers before you go in there and take the test. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay. And, you know, high school kids. And so he was right, man. And I uh, got a B on the test. So That's awesome. Yeah. I never figured that out. So I, I didn't get the Bs. I just got it's okay. a lot of It's ass. okay. <laughs> it's interesting to me. And I know we're, we're kind of low on time today. And I'm so sorry that we started a little bit late. Uh, but we, were, we got a hard stop in about 10 minutes, you asked. Um, just to be safe so I don't want to miss anything um, but I want to make sure that we get the points and the elements that are important um, maybe we should shift I mean I'd love to talk more about some of this stuff but I, no, I want to get time in me too maybe we do a part two I mean why not I would love yeah, that we can do that like very soon actually part one now where we got people interested in how does that guy end up with a turban and a beard? <laughs> yeah, and they don't know actually about that yet. And uh, oh, okay. so let's get it, let's get into that because I want to grace you with some time to talk about your business. But um, since we're kind of on a shortened time scale today, I'd like to ask you two things at once. One is, is there anything in your mind and your heart right now that we might have missed that's important to your message that you'd like to share with our audience? And number two, we'd like to spend about the next uh, 10 minutes so you have time um, just making sure people understand what you do, how it could benefit them, and why they'd want to reach out to you. And then, we'll, of course, we'll promote your web address. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, My pleasure. I, I almost feel like it, it's almost too early to promote anything. I mean, who would want to go with that? With the stoner we didn't get to the meat of it, yeah. In his, in his childhood years. So I think... You know, we can take the next couple of minutes and just keep chatting a little bit more about the weed because okay. it's such an interesting subject. And then no, we, we more, have man. people who want, who listened this far to us, you know, going off about weed and yeah. say like, <sighs> then we make a part two because the part two will then have, you know, the yoga practice that I started when I was 19, the struggle for five years of going back and forth between smoking weed and doing spiritual practice and not doing anything, not touching any drugs, no alcohol. And then when after that, I ended up moving to India with 25 and lived there for oh. 20 years. And so that was pretty intense time too. And now moving here to Mexico, it's it's a whole nother level because yeah. all the Mexicans are party people. And there's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of partying going on here. So, you know, now I'm kind of coming full circle back to like, hey, you know, I, I was abstinent for 23 years where I didn't touch any any drugs, any alcohol and like even strict on the sugar and on the on the dietary requirements. And I'm, I mean, super heavy. And so, you know, now I'm at a time where, you know, I tried some weed, you know, like recently and I, I had some experiences with it. And I very quickly also realized like, hey, shit, this is. You know, it's amazing and it does amazing stuff for me, but it it kind of got in the way. It got in the way of me going for what I want to do, you know, and serving people the way I want to serve people. I understand. And because I very quickly went back into like, oh, I could just smoke weed all day. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> no, no, you can't so, do that. And super interesting. We're giving, this is a preview for our part two. Yeah, and we'll schedule it soon, actually. After the show, once we're done, we'll take 30 seconds after we finish and talk about, uh, let's go ahead and record another one soon so we can stay on the wavelength that we're on. Yeah, totally. Um, let's, and then I'll record it, and then we'll publish it either six, 
right after your first one, or I'll buffer it with a few episodes and then do it again. But yeah, I would love to go down that road with you. And my message real quick for people that are listening is moderation is the key. And if you're going to do that stuff, you got to do it to think about taking the edge off, not like tuning out and zoning out. Like it's fun and all that, but it doesn't really do anything more than relax you and all that. So I understand what you're saying, how it takes you away from some of the more cognizant aspects of your life, but in a way it can actually be an enhancement, you know, to that experience, but it has to be administered in lower doses for that. And it's almost like just a little lift, man, or like, uh, almost like putting those, uh, funny, uh, padded shoe things inside your shoes, the cushions to make it more comfortable. It's a little bit like that, in my opinion, you know, um, you're still walking and you're still doing the things that you're doing, but you're doing it in a more comfortable style that makes you feel a little more at ease. That's the place to stop, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think there's, there's so much interesting stuff in there to talk because it really, you know, I think it's very similar to the alcohol, right? It's, you know, go to a party and you drink a beer or two is very drift, mm-hmm. different from getting hammered and passing out in the bushes later. Yeah, exactly. You know? so <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like that. And so I think it's it's so it's interesting to talk about because especially in the spiritual world, it's very, you know, put as, oh, this is the bad thing. Yeah, no, we don't do drugs. We only do spiritual things. And I lived there for a long time, you know, where I really had that deep experience and I needed that too, because yeah. you know, I can see by my, by my patterns already, you know, I always, I'm, I do everything 110%. So I don't mess with good stuff. Hey, can I ask you a crazy question? Did you ever get to smoke some Moroccan or Indian hash? Uh, I did back in the day when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. We, right we had some cool. experiences with that. Yes amazing yeah hash is really special like a lot of people have never even had it or heard of it but it's like it was actually more available in europe we we mainly smoked hash and so we're like weed was a new thing which came from the wow and i was like we're like why would we smoke like that you know that (laughs) that grass stuff you know like we only smoked hash and that. that's so crazy wow lucky you man yeah oh i don't know I, it was it was pretty wild <laughs> yeah it sure sounds like it and we're down to about four minutes uh, i hate to rush normally i just go over just so you know so if you were free after this we could just talk longer but um we will do a, a part two i agree with you completely and think that's a wonderful idea so um don't get me wrong um this is really not about you uh, as a salesperson or anything of course this is about you as an individual and who you are and i want to show people something beautiful about this person that would allow a person that's listening to feel connected and want to reach out to you and it doesn't always have to be with a structured you know build up of like hey this and that and the other and you know it's like this is still who you are man so yeah, it's yeah, like you're much, still very much without all that knowledge and information of all the cool stuff you do, you're still a person that is interesting and I'm sure someone will want to reach out to you. Um, if not a lot of people, but I, if you could just take a minute or two or three, I think we have three left um, just to make sure if there's anything that you'd like to share. And I want to make sure that we share your web address and invite people to reach out to you so that you can connect with new souls out there. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you can find me on the coaching now 
coachingnow.info. So that's coachingnow.info, super easy. Yeah, there's okay. a way to get in touch with me. I think my email address is even on there. But really the fun place to know more okay. about me is TikTok. Because like I told you a little bit, okay. I'm having fun with TikTok and I've been doing it now for a year about. And it, it, it is quite something. And I think I can use a lot of this uh, interview from today for for my TikTok channel because again, oh, perfect. I, you, I, I got all these people on there who love it when I talk about smoking weed. So that's... Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And I like talking about it too um, and experiencing it. Uh, but the reality is like, uh, there's people out there that need to hear a message, you know, and I'm hoping something will cut through to those folks and help them, but also it's good to have fun. So, you know, either way, yeah, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And, um, other than that, if someone reaches out to you, what can they expect from reaching out to you? I mean, honestly, just reach out. And this is one of the things, you know, I hope people will. But I can tell you, I've done probably like 50 podcasts over the last year. And I made this nice. every single time. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, reach out to me and you can like get to know me and I help you and I spend an hour of my time with you, which I would do in a heartbeat with anyone who reaches out. And uh, I had zero people reach out to me, zero. In a year with 50 podcasts, which was probably listened to by whole bunch of people i would imagine yeah so at this point like like you said like you know i can do all the whole sales blah blah thing and i don't think it's it's no about, it's about spirit here bro yeah, if someone is interested you'll find a way to get in touch with me we live in 2023 oh, yeah. you know you find me on instagram you find me on facebook you find me on tiktok you write me a message you can be sure I'm going to respond to you. It's not going to be some AI responding. It's not going to be my virtual assistant responding. I'm doing all the communication on those channels. And I would love to chat and I would love to help because that's really where my passion lies. You know, I, I love helping people. And even though I, I work in the field of high, kit, high ticket coaching, you know, I, I do charge a lot of money for my coaching, but mm -hmm. I, I'm always ready to get on the phone with someone and, and just spend an hour. And even if, you know, like you would say like, hey, I want to get on the phone with you and, and do a clarity call for you, with you. And tell me in the first minute, you know what, I'm not going to be a client. I'm completely broke. I have no money. I'll still spend that hour with you because yes. that's how important it is for me. I understand that I, I do. And I also appreciate and respect the altruism in that gift because it is a gift that you have and it's something that people need. So God bless you for sharing that. And I might actually do that with you because I'm starting right now. I would really enjoy that too. So let's do this. I want to make sure people know because they don't know about uh, your last name. I think I, I introduced you as Amrit Singh. And you're Amrit Singh Reinch, right? Reinch, and I want to spell it's it. German. Yeah, it's E-I-N-S-C-H. So if you're looking for, just to be safe, I just don't want them to wonder how to find you on TikTok. So oh, on TikTok, find me. If you put in Amrit Singh, you'll, you'll find me. It's, okay, it's okay. Enough. That's just, I didn't want to miss that, brother, because I saw your other name and I'm like, whoops, we didn't say that yet. 
So that is it. And I hate to cut it short, but yes, let's pause for a minute after I click this button and we will schedule another one and we'll have part two with Amrit Singh. And I just want to thank you for sharing your heart and your love and your experience uh, with us from Mexico. And we'll dive deeper into some other areas next time we talk. I really just want to thank you for being here today. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, it gets better, but like when it's rushed, it's always awkward. You know what I mean? No, it's totally. <laughs> so thank you so much, and we will talk again soon. Perfect. Sounds good. So just reach out. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. 
BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.